We'd like to welcome everybody into God's house this evening. It's uh, wonderful to be back in church and wonderful to be home. Uh, good to see everybody. And uh, I just appreciate God's tender mercies. And uh, we have uh, uh, visitors tonight. We thank the Lord for our visitors. And uh, I don't really have a scripture on my heart to feel like reading tonight, so I'll just ask everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer as we pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for letting us be in your house tonight. We've come to worship and God help us to get the world off our mind and uh, to get our thoughts centered on heaven to worship you in spirit and in truth. God help us to have a service that was just so we could rejoice and we could worship. And also, God, a service that would be powerful to speak to people's hearts that have spiritual needs tonight. God, we know it takes you to speak to people. But, God, we know you're ready to do that. And we pray for that tonight, God. We just pray for you to speak to people's hearts and invite them to an altar of repentance. We ask these things and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And be seated. We'll turn the service over to the choir. Page 201. <laughs> what a glad
appreciate the choir today. I've just enjoyed being able to sing with my fellow brothers and sisters. It's just been a good day. At this time, I'll have the choir come down and turn it over to our fellow tonight. Appreciate being here tonight. Seems like we're extra nervous tonight for some reason, but uh, we're thankful to be able to stand in this spot. Thankful the Lord saved me, and uh, I can enjoy them songs about going home. Uh, uh, those songs line up with, uh, you know, I've been thinking uh, today, and it's, uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and read this now. Uh, it's on my heart, and I come across this verse while back and it stuck with me and uh, I wasn't sure what I'd have to use it but it's it's now so uh, this is in Luke chapter 10 um, Lord has sent the 70 disciples out and uh, when they return verse 17 says the 70 returned again with joy saying Lord even the devils are subject unto us through thy name and he said unto them I beheld Satan as lightning fallen from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And uh, I'm thankful my name's written in heaven. Uh, like I said, I read that a while back, and it stuck with me, and uh, it's just it's given me joy every time I've read it. I don't know how many times, and uh, my name's written in heaven. I'm going someday. Um, you know, Blaine spoke maybe last week about uh, you know his age being. Uh, I'm not far behind him. I'm at least naturally looking. I'm my life's halfway over probably, but uh, it could be over tomorrow. But I can rejoice because my name's written in heaven. No matter when my time's up, I'm going to heaven someday. It's good to be here tonight. I'll ask everybody to stand. Anybody got any uh, prayer requests? Remember all them hands? Anybody got any spoken requests? Continue to pray for Denny Hunter.
Appreciate the good crowd and everybody making an effort to be here tonight. Anybody got a song or testimony or anything on your heart? about the Lord today, been thinking, been pondering, and uh, all day my mind's been on the, ch the children of Israel in Egypt in bondage, and thinking about that time when they were in bondage, and God told them, I'm putting my words, he said, I'm going to deliver you out of Egypt, and I'm glad I've been delivered out of bondage, no longer held to sin and shame, but this song kind of talks about that, I was once a beggar down by the wayside, and I found a king, and he saved me and put his love in me, so I appreciate that, but pray for me. What you see before you, I've not always been. I once was so broken and battered by sin. And this story that I tell you is such a marvelous thing. How love brought together a beggar and a king. I traded for riches the rags of my soul. I gave him the pieces and he made me whole. I brought to him nothing and he gave me everything. He found a beggar and I found a king. Now you say it's so hard. For you to believe. Well, all I can say is that I'm redeemed. And of all the love stories this world has ever seen, there will never be one greater than how Jesus loved me. I traded for riches the rags of my soul. I gave him the pieces, and he made me whole. I brought to him nothing, and he gave me everything. He found a beggar, and I found a king. I encourage you to make that trade tonight. Give him the rags of your soul. Good song. We appreciate that. Anybody else got anything?
Well, it's good to be here. I appreciate what I feel and what I've felt already. And uh, just right from the first, appreciate the choir singing and uh, appreciate uh, opening up and a special singing. And it's just uh, a blessing to be here in the Lord's house. And I uh, want you to pray very earnestly. Uh, I've got a scripture I'd like to read in the book of Second uh, Chronicles, if you'd like to find that with me. I thought I had it marked, but yeah, Second, Second Chronicles chapter 35. Pray real hard. I'd like to see somebody get saved tonight, and uh, nothing uh, comes up to that. That's, that's the best thing that you can have happen is somebody get saved. Of all the places we go and the things we do, and there's a lot of very pleasant things to do and wonderful places to go and things to see in this world, but nothing uh, pleases God's people like seeing somebody come to Jesus and get saved. And personally, when I got saved, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. That's like that song Linda sings. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, let me encourage you to listen, and if God touches your heart and you feel like come to the altar, uh, please come. Don't let anything uh, keep you from it. But here in the 35th chapter of the book of uh, Second Chronicles, I'll skip through here a little bit, and uh, starting at verse 1 says, Moreover, Josiah kept a Passover unto the Lord in Jerusalem, and they killed a Passover on the 14th day of the first month. And he set the priests in their charges and encouraged them to the service of the house of the Lord. And now, down in verse 4 it says, and prepare yourselves by the houses of your fathers uh, after your courses according to the writings of David the king of Israel and according to the writings of the Solomon his son. And listen, and stand in the holy place according to the divisions of the families of your fathers and of your brethren and the people and after the division of the families of the Levites. Now, let me pause and just comment. Josiah was the king and uh, he was trying to follow God and he wanted to have a Passover and it tells down through here, and I'm not going to read all of it, but it said the people got together and they all did their part and they worked together and they brought the offerings that they were supposed to have. And so I thought of that well, as a church. Uh, you know, when we have church, everybody's responsible for their own part. And uh, the Bible says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So God's, uh, he's very uh, reasonable with us, he just, but he wants us to do our best for him. Well, now, down here, when they were uh, doing this Passover, and you notice in this fifth verse, he said, and stand in the holy place. That word place uh, is uh, what's on my heart tonight. And there's a few more places down through here I want to read a scripture, and it's got the word place in it. So uh, down in verse 10, it says, so the service was prepared, and the priests stood in their place. And the Levites in their courses, which just means place, or doing the thing they were supposed to, according to the king's commandment. And now... And then down in verse 15, and says, And the singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place according to the commandment of David. And so uh, I'd like to use a text tonight, uh, Are you uh, in the right place? And uh, I remember a time in my life, I could say times, but I want to speak about my soul first of all. I remember a time in my life when uh, my soul was in the wrong place. And uh, it compares to what? Uh, Cooper was talking about, uh, my soul was in Egypt, uh, but uh, I didn't have to stay there. Here, let me say this. If you're in the wrong place tonight, uh, you don't have to stay there. Uh, there's a way made for you to get in the right place. And so I'm glad tonight uh, for what I feel in my soul. Uh, glad the Lord's here. Glad he's moving like he is. I got another uh, passage of scripture that's come on my heart. I want to read it. I not know if I need to, but I, I do. It's in the 102nd Psalm. Uh, starting at verse 6. And uh, I'll get back to this later, but as verse 6 says, I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I watch and I am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. Mine enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. And so think about what place that you're in tonight and consider uh, God's made a way for you to be in the right place. Now, in uh, the 14th chapter of the book of John, Jesus said these words, You believe in God, believe in also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
and, and if I prepare a place for you, I will go. Uh, I, when I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And so uh, Jesus is saying, you believe in God, believe in me, and know that I've got a place prepared for you. And uh, I probably everybody understands this, but I need to explain it a little bit anyway. Uh, that didn't mean Jesus was uh, going to heaven uh, to build a mansion. That's not what that's talking about. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Mansions were already there, but when he said, I'm going, uh, I go to prepare a place for you, he was saying, I'm going to Calvary. I'm going to die, and I'm going to the grave three days and three nights, and I'm getting up from the grave alive. Uh, praise God, he's alive tonight. And because he's alive, that's why I'm alive. And because he's alive, if you've been saved, that's why you're alive. But if you haven't been saved, uh, you can be alive. You can get saved. And so uh, let me uh, get to these uh, verses here in Psalms a little bit. I'm like a, a pelican of the wilderness. Now, I want you to think about this. Probably all of us knows what a pelican is. It's a, a seabird. And I even looked up naturally and researched a little bit just on the natural side. Now, it said it's a water bird. Uh, maybe has its habitat uh, close uh, to the seashore. And sometimes rivers that go inland, it'll uh, stay along the river. Uh, the reason why it's a, it's a seabird, uh, it uh, gets its food out of the water. And, you know, the pelican got that uh, big, long beak and a uh, big pouch underneath its lower beak and it'll get down in the water and it'll uh, scoop up uh, fish and eat those things and let the water drain out there. Now, you think about this, uh, a pelican, uh, what would you think about a pelican being in the wilderness? I I'm telling you what, uh, it'd be an awful hard uh, place for a pelican to survive. I, I don't know how a pelican uh, could live in a wilderness. Uh, needs to be by the seashore. But I was uh, just in bad a spot as that pelican was one time. Uh, I was in a place I couldn't survive. I was dead in trespasses in sin. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved by the grace of God, uh, you're in the wrong place. Uh, you're in a place uh, that's sin and death and it's taking you to a place called hell. And then it goes on, makes the point again this way. Said, uh, I'm like an owl in the desert. Well, you know, I've seen some owls around. They like to have a place to a roost and uh, they like to have a tree to get in. Of course, uh, they'll get in a barn or a house I even know uh, one church house that continually has to get the owls out of their attic. Uh, but uh, there's not much place in the desert that I can think of that an owl would be satisfied. I'm telling you what, I wasn't satisfied uh, when I was in sin. When, when I, uh, Levi, when I was lost and on my way to hell, I was in the wrong place. I was in a bad place. Uh, but uh, praise God, I'm in a good place tonight. And so, and you keep praying. And he goes on, said, I was. I'm like a sparrow alone up on the housetop. Uh, you take a little sparrow alone on the housetop, not a good place to be. Uh, out in the open uh, where the enemy uh, can come by and get it. I'm telling you, uh, when I was lost and undone, uh, the enemy already had me. Uh, the scripture said, uh, hell had got hold upon me. Uh, I was already in the grip of the devil. Uh, let me uh, be real frank with you tonight. Uh, just real plain. If you're here tonight and lost without God, uh, Satan's already gone got a hold of you. Uh, you already headed for hell. If you don't do something different, if something doesn't change, you'll have to die and go down uh, with all nations that forget God. I uh, talk about being in a bad place. Boy, praise God tonight. You don't have to stay in a bad place. You can get in a good place. I'm glad tonight that I'm saved. I'm glad I'm in a good place. And it goes on. Listen to what he said here. Uh, as he followed those uh, three examples, he said, mine enemies reproach me all the day and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. I'm telling you what, the devil is our enemy. Uh, he'll uh, try to act like he's our friend. He'll try to talk to us uh, like he wants to uh, do something for us, but he is our enemy and he reproaches us all the day long. Well now, you think about what we were talking about back here in the book of Chronicles when he said, so the service was prepared. That's in 3510. And the priest stood in their place places. Uh, now, they, the priests back there are the ones that did these Passover services uh, back there when they killed the bullock, uh, when they uh, killed whatever animal that they killed, and they offered it in the temple back there. Uh, someone might say, well, preacher, what does that have to do with us back under the law when they offer those animals, when they killed and offered them on a, uh, an altar as a burnt altar? How does that compare to us? Well, over in Revelation there, it talks about, and John said, uh, he has made us priests and kings unto God. We don't offer bullocks, uh, but we're supposed to bring ourselves to Jesus. And, and listen, after I, I come as an altar, as, as a, to the altar as a young boy, when I got saved, uh, I, it's the best thing ever happened. But now, let me preach the other side of this a little bit. 
I'm in the place I need to be in my soul. Ever since I was 12 years old, I've been in the right place in my soul. But I'll be real honest with you. I kind of hate to admit this, but it's just being true. Maybe use myself for an example. Maybe somebody here like that tonight. There have been some times since I've been saved that I've gotten out of place in my life and my service to God, been in the wrong place. It was a miserable spot to be in. I tried to act like I was happy, but I wasn't really happy. I had a longing down inside to get back in fellowship with God. I, re- I remember in Siegel Newport was a pastor. I remember at the old Albert Street building. I came in uh, one day, uh, probably a Sunday morning, uh, sitting on that side of the church house toward the back. I just uh, come to be in church, uh, but I didn't have any intention of rededicating my life that morning. Uh, but Brother Siegel preached, and he preached. God sent a message right to me. And, and I thought, well, I can't go this morning. I got to do this or I got to do that. And I just kept wrestling with it. But finally, I said, uh, God, uh, uh, help me. And, and God, uh, uh, let me know if I want help. I needed to do something. I couldn't just uh, sit there and keep doing what I was doing and things get any better. I needed uh, to make an effort to seek God's will in my life. Well, when I came, and I came to an altar, and I repented, and I got back in my place. If you're here tonight and you're not where you need to be, uh, maybe something's happened. Uh, Maybe you just got distracted. It's easy to get distracted. Maybe uh, something's upset you. Maybe somebody's upset you. Maybe you've done something you shouldn't have done. There's lots of reasons that we can get out of our place and out of our fellowship with God. But here where the service was going on uh, like it really needed to, uh, the priests uh, stood in their place. And back here in verse 5, it said, stand in the holy place. You can't stand in the holy place unless you come obedient to the will of God. we got to give it all to God. Well, how about just three-fourths of it? Uh, that won't work. We, co- we need to come to the Lord with our whole heart. Well, preacher, I just don't think I'm good enough. None of us are good enough. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to make it so that anybody can come. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're all good enough in Christ to come to him, not by ourselves. We don't measure up, but in Christ, he measured up for us. And then it comes on down through here, verse 15, and it says, and the singers and the sons of Asaph were in their place. And so it went on down through here. I didn't read them all, but one by one, it told about the people that were in their place. It told about the offerings they were making. And so uh, think about this tonight. You go ahead and get your song ready. I won't preach long tonight, but uh, somebody needs to come to Jesus tonight. And somebody, uh, I, I suspect somebody needs to get saved. And, and I expect that somebody that's out of fellowship needs to uh, rededicate their life and get in. It might even be, there might be somebody here that's been saved that needs uh, to humble your heart and be willing to come and be baptized and join the church and follow Jesus. You know, after you get saved, one of the important things to do in following the Lord is to follow him in baptism. That's how you uh, follow him. And that's how you become a, a member of the church. Uh, somebody needs to do something now. Saying whenever you get ready, church, just stand up and saying whenever you get. And now you that need to come, I want to beg you to come right now and let God put you in the right place. Don't stay in the wrong place. Don't be in the wrong place. And don't be satisfied with being in the wrong place. But come and let God put you in the right place. He'll do it. God that made the heavens and the earth. God that gave his son to die on the cross. God that raised him from the dead. He can handle your problems tonight. God can handle your problems. And he already has a place fixed for you. Are you willing tonight? Are you willing tonight to let God put you in your place? In your place that he's got for you. Not a place you fix. I fixed some places for myself, but they were rotten. They didn't work. They were no good. But the place that God fixes for me, my soul's been in the right place ever since I got saved. Praise God. He keeps it there. But in my life and my service to God, I've failed time after time. But when I, when I got out of fellowship with God, and I lost the joy that I had, and I was sad-hearted and troubled and in a bad place, God's Holy Spirit still ministered to me and said, come home, come home. We're not here to judge anybody tonight. 
We're not here. Uh, you don't have to tell us a, a, a list of your sins. I don't even want to hear a list of your sins. But God knows all about us tonight. God knows who we are and what we are. And God knows there's a place for us in Him. Where is your place, preacher? I'm in Christ and He's in me. That's the place God's got for all of us. And Jesus said that, I'm in you, you're in me, and I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. Now, what better place uh, could we have than to be in Jesus Christ, to be safe uh, from the devil? Uh, somebody asked me a long time ago, said, Preacher, after you're saved, don't you think the devil can get you? I said, buddy, he can't even find me. I'm hid away in Christ Jesus. The devil can't even find my soul. He bothers my flesh all the time. But when I uh, turn things over to God and say, help me, Lord, help me to follow you, then even Satan has to take a step back for a moment or two even then. And God gives me the victory to fall. Now, I believe there's some folks here needing to come to Jesus. And I want to beg you to come. And I'm going to sing another song. Step out and come right now and come down here and let's pray about this. God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He has a place for you. And I believe in somebody's heart tonight. And I believe in more than one somebody's heart. I believe there's a, a number of folks tonight that God is saying, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. And He's saying, I will give you rest. Please obey the Lord. Please obey the Lord. Please come. God's good. He's got a place for you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he did. And it's fixed. And it's perfect. And it's for you. Come to the altar and let's pray tonight. If you're lost, come and ask Jesus to save your soul. Can you do that? And if you're saved and not fellowship where you need to be, come and ask God to restore the joy to you. You know, even David did that. David asked God to, he said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I'll make this point. He didn't say, restore salvation to me. He still had it. But he lost the joy. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And his heart wasn't right. He said, create in me a clean heart. The heart and soul is two different things. Since I got saved, my soul has been perfect. But sometimes I've gotten my heart wrong. The song said, out of the heart proceedeth the issues of life. That's where we make our decisions at. What decision will you make tonight? Do you want to be in the right place? You can be. Obey the Lord. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. Yeah, come on home. Home in Christ is the right place. Please come. Please come. Please come. Open wide. Well, I'm glad I'm here tonight. And I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad God's here. Please obey the Lord. The head's bowed and eyes closed just a minute. While the piano plays softly, I want to ask you tonight, and this is just up to you if you respond or not, but it might be a help to you if you feel like it and you'll respond just honestly out of your heart, just admitting where you stand. Let me, let me start with saved people first. If you're here tonight and you're saved, but you're just not where you really need to be with the Lord, doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you're a horrible, bad person. It just means you're not following God like you should and don't have the power with God you ought to and not living for him like you should, not letting him bless you like you could be blessed. You're just not in the right place. Would you just raise your hand and say to that, pray for me. I have a need in my life. Pray for me. Would there be one to raise your hand? Just You don't have to raise it real high. Just raise it up enough that I can see it. And I'll, I'll, I'll not point you out, but I'll say somebody raised their hand. Would there be somebody in that spot tonight? I don't see a hand on that. I may come back to that. But let me, let me talk to you that are lost tonight. If you're here tonight and you've never been born again and you realize you're in a bad place, you're in a place that if you stay there, someday you'll lift your eyes in hell. That's, oh, 
that's the most anguishing thing that I can think of. But if you're here tonight and you're lost and you realize you need to get saved and you like the prayers of God's people, would you just raise your hand a little bit? Like I say, you don't have to raise it clear above your head, but just raise it just a little bit. Thank you for that hand. Appreciate that. Would there be another one that raised your hand? I think there was another one that raised it a little bit. Not sure, but I think so. One more, one more question. Whatever your situation is, if you're not in the right place spiritually, whether it's your soul or your life, whatever your need is, <clears throat> I might not explain it good, but if you're not where you should be with God and you want prayers, would you just raise your hand? If you haven't already raised your hand, would you just raise your hand up a little bit? Okay, I don't see any more. Okay, raise your head up, open your eyes. <clears throat> in just a minute, I'm going to ask them to sing again. And I want to appeal to you. I want to plead with you. I want to urge you, beg you, whatever words you want to use. If you're here and you need to come to Jesus, if you need to come out of the place that you're in, into the place that God wants you, God has that place fixed. And he, He's inviting people. I can feel that tonight. I can feel the, the, I can feel the presence of God and, and the burden. It's in my heart and in the heart of the church. And I believe with all my heart that God is extending a wonderful, powerful invitation. Saying, whenever you're ready, and you that are here that need to come, please, please come. Surely, surely, please come. Please obey the Lord. Please come. Please obey the Lord. If you'll follow God, it'll help you. It'll please God. And if you follow God, it's likely to help somebody else too. Please come. Obey the Lord. Please come. Obey the Lord. Come. Come. Come on. If you need to join the church, the doors is open. If you're saved and you want to join this church, we're glad to have you. If God's leading you this way, come on. But get in the place that God wants you. Please obey the Lord. Please obey the Lord. Right now, right here. Come on home. Do you want to be in the right place? I've talked to people and they said, well, I wanted to come, but I got a lot of things I got to fix first. I understand thinking that way, but that's not the right way to think. If God's calling you, he already knows the things that needs fixed. And God's smart enough to call you at the right time in the right place. Trust God enough to believe that if you'll come to him, he'll help you get the things fixed that you need to fix. But God's the only one that can fix the things he needs to fix. So put God first and let him get you in the place you need to be in. Makes sense, doesn't it? God wouldn't call you if it's the wrong time. God wouldn't call you if it's the wrong place. God has all power and he has all wisdom and he sees and knows everything. And if he's calling you, the all-wise God knows you need to come. Amen. 
Chapel Baptist Church in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, Sunday night. We saw a young lady there get saved. Wonderful, nothing better than that. But now I've gotten to the point that God impressed me to really make a point of. There was great conviction there, a lot like there is right here. And on my right side, uh, there was a man and woman standing there. They both been saved, but they were in trouble. They, they weren't in the place they needed to be in. Over more to my left, there was a young lady and she was weeping and uh, turned out she was lost. Certainly not in the place she needed to be in. Well, as we sang and we sang a couple or three songs and God was moving and speaking powerfully, well, that man and woman that had been saved, they stepped out and come to the altar. Well, a young lady that was over toward my left side, uh, she'd been crying so many ways, but when that man and woman stepped out and started the altar, she just broke down sobbing and grabbed her mom and hugged her and her mom went to crying and uh, then the young lady and her mom almost ran to the altar now would that young lady have come anyway if those two hadn't stepped out i don't know but it appeared to me that those two that were saved already that stepped out and came and, and they came for themselves, and they, it, it stirred my heart when they came i appreciate it but i believe god even used that to help the young lady that needed to come. Now, I'm not telling you to wait for anybody else to move before you do. I don't mean that. But the point I want to make is every time that we do what we're supposed to for the Lord, it helps somebody. It helps somebody. It nudges them the right direction. It shines a light out to them. And so whatever your case is and, and the door of the church, so if you're here and you've been saved, uh, I'll tell this. I'll make an announcement right in the middle of the altar call. God willing, on the first Sunday uh, in February, uh, tentatively, we're going to have baptizing. Uh, some of the folks that are, uh, have gotten saved and uh, want to get baptized and join the church are going to do that first Sunday in February. Now, if you're here and you want to join this church by letter from a sister church, the door's open for that too. But if you're here and you've been saved and you want to join this church by baptism, you can do that. But whatever it is that needs to be done, and I believe there's a lot that needs to be done in this congregation right here tonight, and we got a great crowd. But I want you to just examine your heart. And I want you to ask yourself, am I in the place I need to be in? And if not, as God stirs your heart, come and let God put you in the right place. Sing that verse. Please come. If you need to come, please come. Please come. Obey the Lord. Please obey the Lord. Please obey the Lord. Let God help you, and he will, and he can, and he wants to. Jesus. 
I heard about him. I, I knew some things about him before I got saved. But when I got saved, I got acquainted with Jesus. Now I know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate all those good invitation songs and the church's uh, uh, just heartfelt praying, uh, being connected. I just thank the Lord for you, church, and I appreciate God's calling. Anything on anybody's heart before we come to a close? I've gone for it. I can feel leadership to go. If somebody else has got something, that's great. Do whatever you feel like or say whatever you feel like. I got saved when I was 11 years old. Right. And uh, like most kids do, I bounced in and out and never really got a good foothold in the church. But uh, I remember a time when I was about 16 or 17 years old and I was out of church and wasn't doing what I ought to be doing. And my Uncle Clifford come to me one day. Yeah. And he said, you know, Dale ain't never been saved. Oh. I said, yeah, I know. He said, well, wouldn't you like to see him get what you got? Yeah. I said, yeah, I sure would. And he said, well, maybe you ought to think about how you're living now. Hey, man, yeah. And that, that struck a chord with <coughs> yeah, me man. last hey, man. since then. That's good, brother. If, if you don't want to get in church for yourself, think about what your family's looking hey, for. Amen. Because somebody's yeah. watching you. If yes, you, sir. If you claim to be saved by God's grace, somebody's watching your life. That's right, brother. It's good to be here. I appreciate what I can feel tonight. Amen. I appreciate that testimony. And boy, that makes such a powerful point. And I can say amen to that. Anyone else? testimony. Remember the prayer request. Someone else. Anything? Okay. In case you didn't hear him, Brother Bill said he needs to see me and the deacons for a minute after church. So. All right. like to say something about thin ice. Uh, when we was little kids, we used to uh, go out in the field and uh, little low places would freeze and uh, we could ice skate on it. But we knew if that ice broke, that it was only four or five inches deep and we couldn't, yeah. couldn't get hurt, you know. But uh, my dad used to live down Indian Lake and uh, they, they used to bluegill fish across the channel in a little cove over there. And them guys wanted to catch them bluegills so bad they would put planks across there and uh, so they wouldn't fall through the ice. But that, that water was deep. Yeah. But what I'm trying to explain to you, if you're on thin ice, do you know how far you can go down? Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. It, That's good. It can drag you down. Amen. Yeah, you know, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. So if you're here tonight and you're on thin ice... Think about how deep you can fall. Yeah, man. Thank you. Hey, man. Boy, thank the Lord. Somebody else? Let's give us one more verse. Well, I'll tell you what, these testimonies have stirred my heart, and I felt God's great power in them. I believe we ought to give one more verse. These, these testimonies were for somebody that's here. Good counsel and good advice to somebody. Please take the advice that God's sending and come to the place that God wants you. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, 
the preachers are weary, Listen. the singers are tired, the church as we know it is losing its fire, and some are discouraged from bearing the load, but we must determine to keep pressing on and if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle it would be worth every struggle it would be worth every mile a Preachers keep preaching and singers go sing. The lame man keeps sharing that Jesus is King. The angels are gathering, they're surrounding the throne, and they'll start rejoicing. Over just one more soul, and if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle, it would be worth every mile. testimonies and song and God's power. Anything else? Sure glad to have everybody. Got a great crowd. And thank the Lord for every person that's here, especially our visitors. Thank you. Just thank you so much for being here. Pray for service time Sunday, Sunday night. Well, I've got a burden for a lot of people. And I appreciate that. I thank God. When I have a burden for a lot of people like that, that makes me even more desiring to come to church. I can pray for them when it's not church time, but when it gets time. And uh, I think they've just pulled up out there for her. And so anything else on anybody's heart before we come to a close? If you're here tonight and God's spoke to you tonight, and maybe he's even been speaking to you other times, and you haven't moved, don't let the devil talk in to not coming to church. I remember when a time as I was a young man, God was calling me. I, I thought, uh, oh, I just wish I didn't have to go back. Of course, mom and dad wasn't going to leave me home. But, uh, but looking back at it later, I'm so glad that I kept coming. And I'm glad that I stepped out and I come to Jesus and I got saved. I thank the good Lord. Okay, anything else on anybody's heart? If not, we'll ask Brother Lowell to pray dismissal.